Who do you hang out with? Who do you invest time with? Do you waste time with anybody? Do the people in your life hurt you <laughs> or do they help you? Uh, and the behavioural scientists, the people who study the way humans behave, have suggested that uh, in our inner circle, the people that we invest the most time with or spend the most time with or waste time with will have the most effect on our life. So three to five people, great question. Uh, those people in your life that you're allowing into your headspace, into your heart, uh, what kind of exercise do they do? What kind of food do they eat? Where do they work? How much money do they earn? What kind of car do they drive? What kind of language do they use? What are their religious beliefs? Uh, how do they communicate with other people? How do they treat other people? And it's been suggested that those things will have a, a major effect on us. The reverse of that, uh, are we a powerful, strong person that could have an effect on other people so that the people in our inner circle that we care about, we would be uh, influencing them on the way they think, the way they dress, the kind of career path they have, how much money they earn, the way they communicate. So it's a two-way street there. And I would like to think that uh, as teachers, parents, leaders, coaches that we would want to have a really positive influence on other people's lives and that we would only have people in our inner circle that have a positive influence on ours. So imagine this, imagine you've got three to five people who uh, want you to be successful, they are really genuinely interested in your dreams, they hold you accountable to achieving your goals and dreams, they put a time frame on them, uh, they're excited for you when you achieve your goals and dreams. Uh, and they really want you to be the very best in every area of your life that you can possibly be and they want you to keep getting better. So that's one mindset of three to five people in your life who have all of that and want that for you. The other side of that, and it could be anywhere in between of course, but imagine having three to five people in your life who don't hold you accountable, don't respect you, don't treat you nicely, don't add value to your life, aren't interested in whether you've got goals and dreams. And if you have got goals and dreams, they try and stop you from achieving them or they tell you that you can't do it or it's not possible for you. And if you've got five people telling you that you can't versus five people telling you that you can, would that have an influence on your life? According to the scientists, there's a major influence there. So how do we pick and choose the people that we're going to put into our life? And the interesting one, of course, is our family, because people will share with me, Rowie, I've got these five people in my life who have a major effect on my life, but they're my, my family, they're my mum and dad and my brothers and sisters, and they all tell me that I can't do it, it's not possible, and I'm not smart enough, and, and I shouldn't dream so big, and I should have a backup plan, and I'm not good enough or not smart enough, and I actually don't think I can get away from that influence, because it's my family. Well... Very interestingly, a, a behavioural scientist <laughs> made a very strong comment to me when I was a young lady, now I remember at my health club, and the suggestion was that the people that you have in your life, uh, you get to choose them, and your family, if they weren't your family, would you still choose to have them in your life? And I think it's a really important question, because is there a rule that says you have to have your family in your life, you have to let them have an effect or an influence on your life. And one of the suggestions, of course, is that if you've got a family that's not supportive of you and they don't uh, want you to achieve your goals and dreams and hold you accountable to them, that you don't visit very often, you don't stay very long, because that can have a major effect on your life. The reverse of that, if you've got this great group of people in your life, and I love this expression, if you're going to brainstorm, storm with people that have a brain. If you're going to talk about goals and dreams, then hang out with people who actually want to achieve more, do more, uh, do 
something with their life and is it likely that when you've got a big group of people like that and it's not even big three to five is not that that many people but if you've got three to five people who are dreaming together is it possible that the dreams could get bigger if you've got three to five people who are talking negatively is it possible that it'll get even more negative and have you ever been in that conversation where somebody says something negative and then everybody joins in it becomes a big negative party my life's bad no my life's worse than that my life's terrible and there's this horrible conversation versus if you've got a, a circle of influence that is positive even if something bad happens you'll have you'll listen you'll be able to hear it listen for it it'll be how can we fix it how can we make it better how can we learn from it how can we grow from it of course we're going to get through this it's just a matter of how we're going to do it so should we protect our uh, our personal self from external influences that could damage us and should we open ourselves up to a circle of influence that could help us grow and one of the questions that I always ask myself is how do I attract a great circle of influence what kind of person do I have to be to make sure that the people in my life are adding value to my life and could the answer be that I have to add value to theirs now initially that was interesting for me because I didn't think that you know, what do I have? I'm young and I'm inexperienced. I don't have very much money. Uh, and I don't, uh, I, I, what, what value can I add to a group of people who are really successful? What I learned really quickly is that really successful people are usually really happy people and they want to hang out with other happy people. And one of the things that I did have was a real passion for being healthy, fit and strong. And I found out very quickly that people that uh, are going places, doing something with their life, they're achieving things, they're really passionate people. And one of the things they respect is passion in, in everybody and everything. So when I went into a circle of influence where I didn't have very much money or I didn't have very much life experience, I learned that I needed to be a happy, positive person who was passionate about what I did. So I'm, I have oodles of that. So I was very privileged to attract some very uh, successful people into my life. And I use that word very hesitatingly, even though there's no word, uh, because for me, success is very specific. And this is where you get to decide what kind of people do you want to have in your life. And you could make a list and then aim to attract them. For me, and this was my goal from when I was 13 years of age, very specifically at 13 years of age, I decided that I wanted to be healthy, fit and strong, have a career that I loved, be financially free and have great people in my life, four big areas of life. And for me, that is success. And I actively sought out people who were healthy, fit and strong, who loved what they were doing for their career path or their business, who were on track to being financially free or were financially free, and people who had attracted other great people into their lives. And it's interesting, again, if you go back to the science of what we attract, uh, it's not some airy-fairy motivational thing. Your brain will get what it focuses on. If you focus on negative, that's what you'll get and that's what you'll attract. If you focus on positive, that's what you'll get and that's what you'll attract. And you'll be able to turn everything into a positive. If you've got a positive headspace, it doesn't mean that negative things don't happen, that negative people don't come into your life. It just means that you can turn a negative into a positive by looking for the positive. And it's something that, again, I've been very privileged that I've gotten to the habit of doing since I was very young. That doesn't matter what happened, how can I turn this into a positive so I can learn from it, grow from it, become wiser and better and stronger because of it. The opposite, which I, I'm, I'm exposed to on a regular basis, 
are people who are constantly unhappy, grumpy, miserable, depressed, anxious because their circle of influence is so poor. Even if they have a good idea, even if they've got a goal or a dream, even if they want to go and do something different than what they're doing at the moment, there's three or five or more people in their life who tell them that they can't do it, it's not possible. And there's that real negative spin every time they come up with a great idea. So who are you going to put into your life? Great question. Isn't it exciting that you get to choose? But even more interesting, what if it's not about other people? What about the first step to creating a great circle of influence is that you become the person that you want to be friends with? That you become a person that you respect, that you become the person that you want to hang out with. <laughs> and then even if you don't attract other people into your circle of influence, you would you'll never be lonely because the person that you like the most, the person that you want to invest time with, is yourself. And then, as it, again, I was taught by, and I'm so privileged because these are some of the great people I've attracted into my life, I was taught again by a psychologist that uh, better to be on your own and, and love your life uh, than have a whole heap of other people really like, like you but you don't like yourself. And it's, is it possible that you'll only attract great people into your life if you have something to offer uh, in, in a relationship? And even I think even more special, uh, if there is nobody else, you get to enjoy being by yourself. And then the suggestion is that everybody else that comes into your life adds value to your life, isn't your life. Which means you don't ever hear yourself say, uh, that person makes me happy or one of the, you know, the common sayings, you're my other half or uh, I'm better because of you. Uh, how about I'm the, I'm the person who I like myself, I respect myself, I'm self-motivated, self-educated, self-inspired and I'm constantly aiming to grow and get better and then the question is what kind of people would I then attract into my life? So probably a great place to start is who am I now and uh, where is my life at and what do I need to change, make different uh, so that my life can, if I need my life to be different, if I'm not really happy with everything that I'm doing and every, everything that I'm experiencing. And again, I'll ask those questions. If I'm not healthy, fit and strong, if I don't have a career or business that I love, if I'm not financially free and if I haven't got great people in my life, uh, do I need to look at what to change? And could one of the things I need to change be the people that I'm wasting time with and should I become the person who could then invest time with great people? And when I use the word great, I'm just talking about people who exactly for me, those four things, and you'll come up with your own criteria. But it's for me, it's I really want to hang out with people who are absolutely passionate about looking after their physical well-being. They want to be healthy, fit and strong. They do have a career or business that they love. They are on track to being financially free or they already are and people who have great relationships and then we all get to learn from each other so this is how powerful circle of influence can be and I'll just give you a couple of examples uh, I lived in Belgium for two years managing health clubs and Belgium's a tiny little country that has a border with Germany, a border with the Netherlands, a border with Luxembourg, a border with a, a water border with the UK and a border with France and uh, it's a really uh, cosmopolitan country because most people speak English, uh, but if you want to travel to anywhere in Europe, it's a really nice place to live because obviously it's very, very close to everything. So I, I spent a couple of years living in a, in a house with 
there was me from Australia and my partner. So there's two of us that spoke Australian English. There was a South African who spoke South African English. There was a guy from New Zealand who spoke with a very strong New Zealand accent. There was a guy from America and there was two people from the UK. And the couple from the UK had very, very strong accents and they spoke a lot of um, Cockney slang and they were very, very strong. So there was literally two people from Australia and two people from the UK. The rest of the English-speaking folks were English-speaking but from, from just one person from another country. And all very strong accents. If you've listened to New Zealanders or South Africans or Americans, they've all got strong accents. What was really interesting after two years of living in this house is we all went home sounding like we were from the UK. I remember getting back to Australia and people saying to me, who, who are you? You sound like you're, you literally were born in the UK. Uh, that's called circle of influence because the people with the strongest accents had the most effect on the conversation and we all ended up talking exactly like them and it only took two years. Really interesting how the human brain works. We adapt to our environment. Another really interesting one just to take note of, and if, if, it's, it, if you've experienced this or it's happened to you or happened to somebody you know, this is, a, again, an example of circle of influence. Uh, it was interesting to watch managing health clubs. Uh, it can be a very social environment. And there were a lot of people who uh, enjoyed the social environment because they were either lonely or they didn't have very many friends, and they would get involved in the social activities and every single one of my health clubs I was always every week we had something social happening and every day there was a different theme happening at the health club it was a very social place to be it was technically and typically the third place so people loved coming to my health clubs because uh, they just it was just a, a fun place to be so it was interesting to watch uh, what would happen with and this I'm just going to use the example it's not I'm not being uh, specific to men. This is just an experience that I had. I watched several young men, particularly in one year, who were very shy, but from very good families who were brought up uh, with very good manners. And they were taught to respect women. They were taught to dress well. They were taught to, uh, well, they, they all had very good manners. They would open the door for me and they would stand up when a woman walked into the room. They just had very good manners. Uh, they, this particular health club was in a cosmopolitan CBD area and there were some men in that social group who didn't treat women so well and they didn't dress so well and they swore a lot and they, they, they were players. So they drank a lot, there was some drugs involved, there was some, you know, some flings with women that, that didn't last very long and it was really interesting to watch how quickly those well-brought-up young men uh, who had very good manners, turned into very poorly dressed, uh, loud-mouthed, swearing young men who drank a lot and smoked a lot and got involved with drugs a little bit because they wanted to be accepted into that crowd. They wanted to be in that circle of influence, so they changed to suit. And uh, I'm not anybody's mother and I'm not going to tell anybody what to do, of course. But it was something for me very interesting to observe but there are a couple of young men that I did pull aside and just ask them, are you aware of what's happening? When you first joined into this circle of influence, when you first came to the health club and you became friends with this group, uh, you were very 
well-mannered and well-spoken. You treated me really well and you treated all the other people at the health club really well. I remember one young man in particular, he, uh, by accident, out of his mouth, I think he said, uh, shit. And he got so, uh, like, oh my God, Roe, I'm so sorry, I swore, I'm so sorry, I swore. That was kind of the first time that happened. And within six months, he was swearing with lots of the really bad words and not even even noticing that he was swearing. I'm sharing that with you because why would we allow other people to change who we are? Why would we change our core values, what we stand for, what we've been brought up to believe? And of course, uh, we get to change our mind whenever we want to. But should that be because we've decided, not because we want to fit in with the crowd? And I always ask this question, whatever we do, whatever we say, however we act, would we be really proud for that to be broadcast to the rest of the world? What if somebody was following us around with a camera and we didn't know they were there and then they put our life up on a reality television show or they, they shared our life on the, the 6 o'clock news? Are we living our life in a way that we would be very proud for everybody to see the way we live? And uh, the reason I ask that question is that's the kind of people that I like in my circle of influence. They're not hiding anything. They're not pretending to be anything. They don't put a mask on and try and please other people. I really love genuine, real people who are positive, who just live who they are and don't pretend to be somebody else and certainly don't change to suit. The other thing that's been very obvious in the exercise profession is how quickly people change their opinion about exercise. So, and this is just a personal thing because we have an education college that is a rock-solid foundation on learn your anatomy, learn your physiology so that you can analyze exercise for yourself. So the program's designed to take people through exercise, every single exercise, every single muscle, every single joint to be able to analyze what's happening at the joint, what muscles are being used, is the exercise safe, is it effective, is there a better exercise? Is there an exercise that would take less time that's more effective? And please don't give people exercises that will waste their time that aren't effective or would hurt them. And that's the fundamentals of the program. What's really interesting is how many people have done the MAX program, become a qualified exercise professional, and then they go out into the industry. I won't call it a profession. They go into the fitness industry. And their circle of influence... Uh, is now uh, people who don't dress professionally, who don't know their anatomy and physiology. They talk about exercises and the latest fads and fashions and pills, powders and potions that keep coming into the exercise profession. All the things that I would love my exercise professionals to analyse for themselves. So this is a new exercise. Is it safe? Is it effective? Is there a better exercise? Would it waste somebody's time? Should we prescribe it? Uh, and... It's really interesting to watch people who forget that you have the right to ask questions, you have the right to analyse an exercise for yourself, and they end up being led by their circle of influence. Uh, another even step past that, uh, people who obviously want to get a job. So they go into a health club or a personal training studio, and as they should, they take on the the uh, rules and regulations and the, and the operating systems of that particular health club because they want to get a job but to get that job they have to lower their standards so they would like well they've shared with me they would like to dress as an exercise professional but the uniform at that health club is shorts and a singlet so they lower their standard to suit the, the standard of the health club so they can get a job 
and this is I'm going to ask a very confrontational question. Uh, are your values, are your standards, are your non-negotiable standards negotiable? Would you ever lower your standards, what you believe in, to suit other people so that you can get a job? And then usually what happens when, when people do that, they go, well, yes, I know, Roe, that I, I really want to dress as a professional, but to work there, I've got to wear shorts and a singlet. Or I really, I know that those exercises are unsafe or they waste people's time or they're dangerous or they're just ineffective, but they're part of the program at that health club and I really need to get a job. So they go and work there. And what happens to your headspace if you have negotiated your non-negotiable standards? What actually happens to your self-esteem and your self-confidence when you start doing what other people are doing for the sake of the money? And I know that's a very harsh question, but one of the challenges we have in our world right now is very poor for poor self-esteem, uh, not liking who you are, uh, not believing in yourself, and is it possible that if you keep negotiating your standards, if you keep lowering your standards to suit other people, how can you feel good about yourself? And I'm, I'm just coming from a very personal place now. I would rather have no job than have a job that, that has to, I have to lower my standards to work there. I would, I would rather earn no money than be put into a situation where I have to be less of a human being than I would like to be. The beautiful thing is you never have to do that. Uh, one of the, the great things about the MAX program is you, we give you every tool, every skill, every piece of knowledge that you'll ever need, plus personal coaching and mentoring for the rest of your life to make sure that you don't have to work for somebody that's going to ask you to lower your standards. Where I would love for you to have a career that you love or a business that you love where you can choose your own hours, be your own boss, earn the amount of money that you want to earn, go on holidays when you want to go on holidays and work with the people that you want to work with, with a product or service that you are proud of that actually pushes you to get better. And that's one of the beautiful things. We have some max exercise professionals who've created gyms and studios and health clubs and, and boot camps where the standard is so high that they're forcing the rest of the profession to get better. And it's really lovely to be able to send a new person who's coming to the exercise profession, just got qualified, to go to a facility like that rather than somewhere where they would have to lower their standards because the circle of influence, and I'll go back to my very first question, who do you have in your life and how are they affecting how you feel about yourself and how you're presenting to the world and your core beliefs? How are they affecting those? So if somebody's telling you that you can't do it and it's not possible and it won't work, is it possible that, that you'll actually start believing that because you've got five, ten, three, two people telling you that? And I would like now just to, to share a very interesting scenario. Uh, I, that wraps up circle of influence beautifully and it's the combination or the the question that people often ask me what's the difference between self-confidence and self-esteem and how does my external influence affect that and this is all about self oh, sorry about circle of influence and self-confidence and self-esteem so imagine you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror and you don't really like what you see you don't think you look very good and uh, you might say, I'm, I'm fat today, so I'm having a fat day. Uh, you might say, I don't, I'm not very attractive today. I look tired, I look stressed, whatever. But you live in a house with, and I'm going to use the number five. So you live in a house with five people, whether it's your family or friends. You go out into the kitchen in the morning and they're all out there. And they all say to you, 
wow, you look fantastic. What have you been doing? You might have been exercising or you've obviously slept really well. You dressed really nicely today. You look fantastic. So even though you didn't feel very good about yourself, five people told you that you looked amazing. And is it possible that before you leave the house, you actually feel better because five people have told you how good you look? So your circle of influence has changed the way you feel about yourself. The external influence has changed how you feel on the inside. So you go out to your car to drive to work. Just come on the story with me. And on the the bonnet of your car is a big basket and it's got all your favorite things in it, your favorite biscuits, favorite chocolate, favorite wine, uh, movie tickets, and it's this beautiful big basket. It's a gift basket from your next door neighbor to say, thank you for being such a great neighbor. I really appreciate living next door to you and I just wanted to, to tell you what a great human being you are. That's pretty nice. How does that make you feel? You go to your letterbox and uh, you open up an envelope that uh, you remember three, six, 12 months ago even, you were at the local shopping mall and there was one of those booths where you can buy a, a $1 ticket or you go into a, a raffle and you could win a house and a car and a jet ski and an overseas holiday and $10,000 cash and you know you just signed up for it and maybe you, you spent $5 on the ticket or whatever and you forgot all about it. And you go to your letterbox and it says, guess what? You have won the entire package. New house, new car, holiday, boat, jet ski, and $10,000. How are you feeling? These external influences are really starting to change the way you feel. I'll ask the question, how's your day going? So you, on the way to work today, you go to your, to your exercise session with your personal exercise coach. You walk in the door and you tell them the story. Isn't this amazing? And uh, you do your workout and you do personal bests on everything. So you sprint really hard, you punch really hard, you kick really high, you lift really heavy and your exercise coach says to you, you're amazing. You've done personal bests on everything today. You are absolutely spectacular. Congratulations. How do you feel when you walk out of your exercise session? So you drive to work. When you get to work, the entire group of your office is out in the car park. Just come on the story with me. Uh, So everybody from the office is out there. There's balloons. The boss is out there, you get out of your car and the boss says, congratulations, you have uh, won employee of the year and we're sending you on an overseas holiday to say thank you very much for adding so much value to our business. So not only have you won all these prizes, but now you're going on another holiday that the company's given you and they're really proud of you and they give you a big trophy and a plaque and, and they, they share this with everybody. Look, this is amazing employee that we've got. So you have one of the best days you've ever had at work and you go home and at the end of the day somebody says to you, how was your day? How are you feeling about yourself? And I'm asking these very specific questions because where did all of those influences come from? So your friends told you you look good, the next door neighbor told you you're awesome, you win a prize, uh, your personal exercise coach tells you that you're amazing and then your, your company tells you that you're fantastic. So all external influences. Okay, day two, and please come with me on the story. You wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror, and you think to yourself, I look really good today. Have you ever had those days where you've said, yeah, it's working well today. The hair looks good. The body looks good. I feel good about myself. Woohoo! And you leave your bedroom, and there's five people living in your house. You go out into the kitchen, and everybody says to you, all five people say to you, Wow, you look a bit old, Rowie. What's going on? You look a bit fat. Have you? How much weight have you put on? 
Lai, you look really stressed. Are you okay? You look terrible. And five people tell you that, that you look terrible. You woke up in the morning thinking that you look good, but now five people have told you that you don't. How are you doing? Whew. You go outside, and when you get out to your car, there's a big scratch down the side of it. Somebody has put a big uh, key mark down the side of your car, and every single panel on the, on the left-hand side of your car has got a mark on it. You go to your letterbox and there's a letter from the police department or the Department of Motor Transport and unfortunately they have uh, discovered that you've run out of points now because you've been booked so many times and they're going to come and repossess your car. So this is the last time you'll be able to drive your car because you've lost your license from getting too many fines. You go off to your personal exercise session and you're feeling pretty down and you do your workout but not very well and you lift lighter than you normally would you can't kick as hard you can't punch as high uh, oh sorry you can't kick as high can't punch as hard and you just didn't have a very good workout and your trainer says to you that's pretty terrible Rowie why did you why did you train so badly so then you get to work and there's a note on your desk to say please come to the office the the boss wants to talk to you and you go up to the boss's office and they share with you that unfortunately you've been made redundant and your job is no longer available you need to pack up your desk and go home how are you feeling Whew. <laughs> now on the first day, you feel fantastic. That's called self-confidence. Everything, Even though you didn't feel that good about yourself in the morning, you now feel fantastic because so many external influences have changed the way you feel. So you feel good about yourself because of what's happened on the outside. And again, the behavioral scientists will call that self-confidence. I feel confident because of, the, of external influences. What I'd like to do now is give you a really interesting example of the second day of the end of the day. So your boss has called you into the office and said you're fired. And you look at the boss and you say, you know, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I really appreciate this. I didn't really love this job anyway. And now this has forced me to go and do something that I'm really passionate about. So thank you very much for firing me. I really appreciate it. You go out to drive your car and you think to yourself, I'm really glad I've lost my license because this is a really great opportunity for me to buy a bike and I'm going to ride my bike everywhere. I'm going to get even fitter and stronger and healthier because I don't need my car anymore. I'm going to save a stack of money on fuel or, or um, car expenses because I don't have a car anymore. And I'm, that's, I'm really, really happy about that. And because I had such a terrible exercise session, what I'm going to do is that's really made me realize that, that what happens in my life shouldn't affect how I exercise. So I'm really going to, from this day forward, I'm going to get fitter and stronger than I've ever been. I'm going to stay that way for the rest of my life. And I'm going to hit 40 and be fabulous and be um, fantastic at 50 and sexy at 60 and sensational at 70, awesome at 80 and never get up at 90 and be happy and healthy at 100 plus. And I'm going to have a career that I love because I'm now going to go and do what I'm passionate about because I've been fired from my job. And I'm really excited about my life. And this day's changed my life. Whoo! It's called self-esteem. And that's where it doesn't matter what's happening on the outside, it doesn't have any effect on you. And could your circle of influence, the most important person in your circle of influence, be you? And could you be the most important person in other people's circle of influence? So if everybody else is negative, could you be the positive? If everybody else is talking down, could you talk it up? If everybody else is miserable, could you make people laugh? You have a choice. I have a choice. What will we decide? Who will we put into our circle of influence? What will we accept? What won't we accept? And could the most important person to like 
and respect be ourselves? Could self-respect be the most important thing? Because even if other people hurt us, we can't, we don't have to be hurt. We allow people to make a certain, to feel a certain way and we don't have to feel that way. We get to choose. So may, may the most powerful person in your circle of influence be you and may you love you for who you are. And if nobody else loves you, that's okay because you love you. But is it possible that if you are a happy, positive person that you could attract other happy, positive people into your life? Woohoo!